My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Iteration 29. E3 was last week, and for those of you who may not know what that is, it's the Electronic Entertainment Expo. And if you're a gamer, it's like Mecca. Every year, game studios and indie developers descend on the LA Convention Center for the chance to show off the games they've been working on, sometimes for years. E3 is full sensory overload. It's a barrage of sight and sound from the minute you walk through the doors, and I love it. Like many kids who grew up in the 70s, I've been hooked on video games from the moment I unwrapped my Atari 2600 on Christmas morning in 1977. And with each new console, my addiction only grew. The NES, the N64, the GameCube, the Wii, the Xbox, all the Playstations. But my favorite console was the Dreamcast. I remember being at E3 in 1999 when the Dreamcast launched against the announcement of the Playstation 2. Sony had the budget and a DVD player, but Sega had the heart. In the end, the PS2 won the battle and became the best-selling console of all time, but I think for many of us there was something about the Dreamcast that transcended megahertz and gigaflops. But as great as home consoles were, from 1981 to 1985, there was no better time or place for games in the neighborhood arcade. And for me, that was James Games. On most days after school, that's exactly where you'd find me, regardless of whether or not I had any quarters. And I know that while playing the games was obviously the main objective, and it was rare that I didn't have at least one quarter perched against the screen waiting for my turn at Tempest, there was also a ton of value in simply watching especially on the pattern-based games like Dig Dug or Xevious or Galaga, where memorization went hand-in-hand hand with precisely honed twitch reflexes. But as much as I love Dig Dug, for example, and I spent hours watching local heroes rack up high scores, I never got very good at it because the watching rarely led to actually playing. I simply didn't develop the muscle memory to go beyond a certain point. Tempest, on the other hand, was a different story. I played it constantly. So much so that my mom actually rented me the machine for my 16th birthday. The arcade delivered it in the morning and set it up in the garage. And for the next 18 or so hours, the center of my world was made up of vectors, extra lives, and super zapper recharges. The important thing here is the realization that the watching is inexorably linked to the doing. But without actually getting to the doing, the watching alone offers little real benefit. Although science is still debating Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000-hour rule, the theory behind it, that of mindful, purposeful practice, remains a key component in learning, and more importantly, mastering new skills. Pumping quarter after quarter into the machines at James Games didn't feel like failure at the time. Not getting the high score, reaching the next level, or defeating the final boss despite being failures just made us want to play again, not give up. The arcade smack talk from both friends and rivals was as motivating as any Tony Robbins speech. But then somewhere along the way, for many of us anyway, failure became a four-letter word. Something to fear and avoid at all costs. Especially when all the practice in the world didn't seem to help. Vince Lombardi famously said, Practice does not make perfect. Only perfect practice makes perfect. And while I understand what he was going for, I think there's room for improvement. First of all, practice by itself is only part of the equation in that it fails to take into account instinct or natural ability. 
Secondly, I think we need to rethink the word perfect and replace it with purposeful or deliberate. Purposeful practice. Deliberate practice. Perfect suggests that there are no mistakes, and it's in the mistakes that provide the opportunity to learn. Practicing deliberately, on the other hand, means looking beyond simply going through the motions of a particular task or skill and instead breaking it down into where and more importantly why we aren't getting the results we want or expect. In the same way that watching is the flip side of doing, failure is the catalyst to practice. Failure shows us where the holes are, whether that's a hole in our swing, a hole in our game, or a hole in our thinking. But it doesn't happen in a vacuum and it's not binary. Failure is the evidence of doing. And failure, just like success, is an opportunity for reflection in order to fine-tune where to direct our next efforts. When we embrace the missteps, we're given an opportunity to see what worked and what didn't work in the doing. And as a result, we can build a more purposeful or deliberate practice moving forward. In the show notes, you'll find links to a few of the things that have caught my eye recently, including a terrific short documentary on Hiro Kikai a Japanese photographer who's spent decades taking portraits of strangers against the same wall outside a temple in Azakusa, Japan. The New York Times Magazine recently did a beautiful special issue completely devoted to love and got photographer Ryan McGinley to shoot for 24 hours straight to capture all 24 portraits that were used as covers, which were then distributed at random to subscribers and newsstands. Beautiful, beautiful work. If you love the American West, uh, check out one of my recent Instagram follows. Uh, he's an artist named Mark Maggiore, and his work is absolutely stunning. Both drawing and painting just beautifully captures the spirit of the American West. Absolutely beautiful work. Subscribe to Iterations in your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to connect with me on Instagram or Twitter, you'll find me at Jeffrey Sadoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. Uh, check out my book, Photography by the Letter. It's available as both a paperback and a downloadable ebook at photographybytheletter.com. And I'll be back in a couple weeks with another iteration, and I hope you'll join me. Until then, thanks for your time. I appreciate you listening, and I'll talk to you on the next one.